Welcome to the Meeting the Moment podcast, a show featuring stories by Stanford students about how they're meeting big moments in their lives. All of the students featured are fellows in the Office of Religious and Spiritual Life at Stanford. I'm Adeswa Agboyla. Stories have the power to teach us and heal us, guide us, and even inspire us to change. Stories engage the big, unanswered questions we all face. That's what you're going to hear on this podcast. Stories of people making meaning of big questions. Each episode of the show corresponds with a monthly theme, and each story recounts meaning made of a challenging moment. It's February 2021. Our theme is intimacy, and JJ Kapoor, class of 2021, has a story about that. It's called Unvarnished, Unrehearsed. I've always been a performer. The first time I remember stepping onto a stage was on the last day of the fourth grade, our talent show. It was a big deal. Everyone was there. Kindergartners, the sixth graders, did I mention their parents? I had just gotten a bright red sparkling mini Fender electric guitar for my birthday that year, and I wanted to show off my favorite song, Stayin' Alive by the Bee Gees. On the day of the talent show, I let down my unshorn hair, kept long because of my Sikh faith. It was the first time my school would get to see me without my turban. I dressed up in my John Travolta costume, a red collared shirt, black leather jacket, and sunglasses. All I needed was a slice of pizza, a disco ball, a New York accent, and I was starring in Saturday Night Fever. As I stepped onto the stage, my PE teacher, Mr. Suarez, brought me one microphone. This was a problem. The thing is, I needed two. One for my guitar's mini amplifier, and one for my voice. I stared out into our huge gymnasium and saw 600 pairs of eyes staring right back. I had to make a choice. I told Mr. Suarez to hold the mic up to my amp. After picking the main riff, I screamed at the top of my lungs. Everyone sing it with me. To my amazement, my entire school sang back. I couldn't believe it. I could get 600 people to do that. I felt powerful. At that moment, I realized I didn't need a microphone. I had a voice. It's hard to remember a time in my life when I wasn't performing. In middle school, I was acting in plays and made my own YouTube series. In high school, I was speaking and debating at tournaments across the country. 
In college, I became a theater and performance studies major. There's a common phrase I used to hear in the speech and debate world. Everything we do is for our audience. With the help of my storyteller dad and public speaking coaches along the way, connecting with my audience has been a skill I've practiced and honed with precision. I can walk into any performing space and, in a snap, be able to take the temperature of the room, to read people's feelings, build off of their energy, and speak in a way that made them want to listen. The thing I loved most about performing is this one moment. Some call it the pin drop. I call it eating cake. It's when you and your audience are in a sublime state of flow. You've got the fork and are feeding the audience a cake specially prepared for them. It's when you've got a thousand eyes on you, completely and utterly enthralled, even when you can't see a single one of them. Lots of people have gotten to see JJ, the performer. In the hallways of my high school of over 2,000 peers, I'd show off my constantly bright and sparkly persona. They all knew my name, but I didn't know theirs. Rarely did anyone see JJ, the person. The guy backstage with no costume, no makeup, just me. To be completely honest, I don't think I knew who JJ the person was. Over the years, performing became more than something I did just for fun. The performer became my go-to persona. I started to lose sight of when I was on stage and when I was not. This confusion became especially clear when I decided to enter the world of online dating. For me, dating was all about romance. The only picture in my mind of what dating looked like came from the three Bs. The Beatles, the Beach Boys, and Burt Bacharach. Well, four Bs. I should also mention Bollywood. This was the stuff I grew up on. I knew romance from music in movies that portrayed love as a fantasy of fiery arrows fueled by huge gestures. In online dating with its curated profile pics and space for witty one-liners offered the perfect platform to channel the hyper-performer I'd become. To be successful on a dating app, I presumed I needed to put on a show. Putting together a profile wasn't too different from curating a winning speech. Easy, I knew how to do that. Human beings have an attention span smaller than most goldfish. That's why a good speech starts with a hook. You've got to reel them in immediately or you've lost them entirely. I needed the first picture on my profile to make someone pause just for a moment, from endlessly swiping. 
This meant more than taking a picture during golden hour. Every crease on my turban needed to be parallel. My beard needed to be tied neatly under my chin. And I wasn't just about to use any ordinary iPhone camera, no. I asked an aspiring photographer friend in my college dorm to take my glamour shots using his professional camera. And then there's the bio. You don't have many words to work with, so you've got to use them wisely. I probably spent more time editing my dating app bio than I did editing my college application essays. And then it happened. I matched with Jaden. We had quite a bit in common, namely our love for storytelling. But it was the differences that intrigued us the most. Jaden wanted to know what it was like to grow up as an only child in a Punjabi Sikh family. I wanted to know what it was like to grow up with seven siblings in a small town in rural Iowa. As I got more comfortable messaging her, I felt an urge to try something different. When I woke up one morning, I sent Jaden a voice memo. There's something really vulnerable about just hitting record and starting to talk. In the beginning, I'd listen to one of my voice messages before hitting send, fraught with unnecessary fillers or rambling. I'd delete it and record my messages again. And again. And again. Just to get it right. But Jaden's voice messages sounded different. Hers were completely unfiltered. I heard warmth and kindness mixed in with the occasional burp or hiccup. Following her example, I started just saying whatever was on my mind. Jaden got to hear something few people did. JJ. Unvarnished unrehearsed. Soon, we went from talking online to meeting in real life. Our second date transformed into a roller skating session. Not only was it my first time skating, but it was also the first time Jaden held my hands. I squeezed her hands for dear life before losing my balance, leaping onto the grass, and yanking her down with me. And getting to know Jaden, something began to occur to me. Dating is about more than just romance. There's this other thing, too, and it has nothing to do with declaring love while astride an elephant or skywriting it for all of the world to see. It's called intimacy. Intimacy is all about tiny, beautiful things. Unplanned and unrehearsed. Like feeling a snap of electricity when you hold hands for the first time. One day, about a month into our relationship, Jaden and I had a crazy idea. 
what if we went on a road trip together? But convincing my traditional Indian parents this was a good idea was its own odyssey. They had a semi-arranged marriage and little idea as to why their son would want to date anyone. Getting their permission to travel across the country with someone I had just met on the internet seemed like it would be a hard sell. But hey, it was worth a shot. Then a miracle happened. Like 600 voices singing back to you from an elementary school gymnasium. My parents agreed to let me go. On a hot August day, Jaden and I loaded all of our snacks and clothes and camping gear into my tiny black Suzuki Kazashi. Then, packed tight as two sardines in a can, we hit the road for California. First, we drove south on I-35, passing through the cornfields and cows of Kansas and Oklahoma. Jaden propped her bare feet on the dash, reading from a Stephen King novel. We listened to horror story podcasts and stopped along the way to munch on oranges and potato curry sandwiches. Everything was perfect. But when we hit Route 66 and the landscape of smooth rolling hills morphed into prickly cacti, I began noticing aspects of myself I had never really seen before. It started with subtle things, like my bad driving. When Jaden had the wheel, she was in the fast lane, effortlessly weaving through traffic with an occasional expletive. I, on the other hand, hardly knew how to use cruise control, let alone change a tire. As we drove through the sweltering New Mexico heat and the car started decelerating, I had no idea what to do. Lucky for us, Jaden did. Pull over, pop the hood, let the engine cool off, and eventually replace the coolant. Bada-bing, bada-boom, we were back on the road. I also realized I can be a hellish, grumpy curmudgeon when I didn't get my morning cup of tea. Once, before getting back on the interstate to do a long day's worth of driving, we stopped at a cafe where I ordered a cup of cha. When I tasted it, everything, and I mean everything, was wrong with it. Way too much cream, overpowering tones of cinnamon and cloves, not nearly enough sugar. There was absolutely no balance whatsoever. Who made this? I was furious. What made me even more furious was the fact that I was so upset over something as trivial as a cup of tea. These were backstage moments, not the shiny parts of my existence. Grumpiness, morning breath, goopy eyes, and leftover food in my beard. I was being seen, uncostumed and uncomfortable. Being seen backstage can be scary, but there's one thing performers dread even more. Sharing the spotlight. 
when Jaden and I got to California, we met up with a dear mentor and friend of mine for dinner. I couldn't contain my excitement. When we all sat down together and started talking over plates of papaya salad and pad thai, I noticed something that surprised me. I was annoyed. This was strange. Here I was, eating dinner with two of my favorite people, yet the longer the meal went on, the more irritated I became. My annoyance carried with it a level of expectation. What bothered me wasn't my friend's excitement to meet Jaden or Jaden's enthusiastic response. It was that the conversation didn't feel like it was between me and my friend. It was between him and Jaden. It seemed like he had a million and one questions for her. What gets you stoked? How many homers did you get playing softball? Why did you become a nurse's aide? Jaden was taking up all of the spotlight. I was just another audience member watching the show. After dinner, I didn't want Jaden to know what I was feeling. So I put on a mask and hid. When she asked if something was wrong, I shrugged it off and told her I was just tired from all of the driving. We got back to our guest house in Redwood City and I told Jaden I needed some time to myself. She gave me some space, folding her clothes while I took a shower. The hot water helped clear my mind of everything except for four words. Though these words kept echoing in my head, it felt impossible to voice them out loud. When I came out of the bathroom, I had a lump in my throat. Jaden and I sat down on the edge of the bed. Without saying a word, she held my hand, and the four words came out of me. I felt left out. <sighs> the minute I said it, my face went hot with embarrassment and shame. I felt like the only child who used to say, I want attention. Jaden told me how she understood, but that she also felt confused. I really liked your friend, she said. He made me feel so seen. I thought that somehow by telling Jaden I felt left out, it would drive us further apart. But simply putting words to what I was feeling did the opposite. It brought us even closer together. Now I see the value in that moment. How my friend made Jaden feel seen by asking her to tell her stories gave her the opportunity to take the stage. As I continue learning how to be a good partner, I carry that lesson with me still. There's nothing at risk from sharing the stage together and enjoying the show. The conversation Jaden and I had that night showed me something else too. Something important. 
by being present to the immediacy of whatever's on my heart, by bringing language to it, I'm not only honoring my relationship with Jaden, I'm honoring my relationship with me. True intimacy exists on multiple planes, between and within. Growing intimacy between me and Jaden allowed me to deepen intimacy with myself. Intimacy with myself means owning my peccadillos, whether that's being an extremely picky tea drinker or always needing to be in the spotlight. There's a difference between putting on a show and showing up authentically. Intimacy is letting someone backstage, behind the curtain, without the bright lights. It's allowing them to see me up close, with seams and wrinkles and frayed edges, with morning breath and goopy eyes and leftover food in my beard. Before embarking on this epic adventure to California, I thought this might be a story about the intimacy forged between two new partners. And that did happen. But that's not the whole story. This is also the story of one of those partners finding intimacy with himself. Coming face to face with JJ the person. No electric guitar. No black leather jacket. No perfectly creased turban, no rehearsed speech, just me. This episode of the Meeting the Moment podcast was produced by Alessandra Wollner. Our music is by Lee Rosevere. The Meeting the Moment program and this podcast are hosted by the Office for Religious and Spiritual Life, or ORSL, in collaboration with the Stanford Storytelling Project and the LifeWorks Program for Integrative Learning. Meeting the Moment, which grows out of ORSL's Rathbun Program, includes a student fellowship, a one-unit, community-focused, repeatable course, monthly public programs, and a growing list of curated resources for the Stanford community. Special thanks to Dean Tiffany Steinwert, Jonah Willinghans, Emma Master, and the LifeWorks Program for Integrative Learning. To learn more, Google Stanford Meeting the Moment.